What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Fortress of Comictude podcast. My name is Tyler. And I'm Mary. We're joined today by two awesome creative people. Uh, Dan Wickline and Philip CV are here. They're the creative team behind the new Top Cow book coming out in December called The Freeze. Uh, it's a four-issue miniseries. It's gonna, the first issue is going to come out on December 5th, I think, right? Mm-hmm. Awesome. So we're going to uh, get some uh, info on that book and tell you guys all about it. It's going to be great. And just so you guys know, we have Dan on the phone here. Yeah. So. <laughs> Dan, say hi to the people. Hello. <laughs> How's everybody doing? We're doing good. I don't know about the audience. <laughs> <laughs> they're they're with us in spirit. They're doing good, too. They're We're going to say they're good, too. Because they're listening. <laughs> yes, they're doing great. <laughs> and Phil is here in studio, quote, I am. unquote. Yep, yes. I couldn't convince Dan to drive all the way up from California, but, uh, you know, I get can, it, I can get drive together, 15 Dan. minutes. <laughs> Well, you know, I had an appointment this afternoon. I wouldn't quite make it, but you know, maybe next time. <laughs> All right, sounds that's, like a plan. That's what I call a half-ass effort. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh. All right, so the freeze, like I mentioned earlier, it's a four-issue mini-series. It's going to come out uh, December fifth. So you guys need to all go uh, tell your local comic shops that you want to put this on your pull list. Um, Phil was lucky enough, was nice enough to you know let me and Mary read the first issue early, and I was really impressed by it. You know, obviously spoilers withheld, but yeah. Um, Phil, I don't know if you want to just give kind of like a like an elevator pitch for kind of what the book is or, or Dan sure I'll let Dan or do Dan, that because yeah. Dan's the the guy who cr- came up with the idea and is writing the book but Phil so much better actually pitching it because <laughs> you know when you when you write something you want to tell everything about it and I, I'm better at the elevator pitch now. <laughs> <laughs> I just tell people just go read the solicitation I don't know <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah alright all right, I'll do I'll do the short version okay uh, basically, it's a story of a guy named Ray. He's your every, average everyday person. He goes to work one day. He climbs under a desk to plug in a power bar or a power strip. When he gets back out, the guy who is standing there is not moving, completely frozen solid still. Not like cold frozen, but just standing still. And he thinks, oh, this is not good. So he looks out into the rest of his office to get some help, and he realizes nobody's moving. So he runs over to the big picture window to see what's going on and looks out into the streets of Los Angeles and he sees crashed cars and, you know, flames coming from them and all this chaos, yet nobody on the street is moving. And that's when he realizes he's the only human on the planet who's actually still moving. Awesome. Uh, yeah, the, the the thing that I was, was really impressed by it was, yeah, is because you, you do a, a time freeze thing, but you kind of do it in a different way because that's something that's kind of been... Uh, seen before, but it's. I like the idea that like not necessarily time stops. It's just, just people. people stop. You know, it's not one of those things where like somebody throws a ball up in the air and it's just hanging up in the. You know what I mean? Everything else is still. The world didn't stop. You yeah, know what I mean? And that's, that's really awesome. That, that actually caught me by surprise quite a bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, where where does kind of like the the inspiration? I guess where does the beginning of the? How long has this been in the works, and where did it kind of come from? Uh, I was actually trying to think of that the other day. Is that I've had I've had this in the file. I, I have what I call the bad idea file, and that's my any any idea I can't sell 
or I don't find a home for immediately goes into the bad idea file. And uh, it was, it's been in there, um, God, quite a few years now. Uh, I, I remember pitching it to, uh, to uh, Ahmed Zappa was doing uh, comics for a while and he was set up over at Disney and I remember pitching it to him and clearly remember seeing a poster for a brand new Nathan Fillion show called Castle. Oh, so that tells you how long it's been. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, wow. That, yeah. Castle's going back a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. crazy. But so, this is a good idea, though. Yeah. This isn't a bad idea. Yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's just the name of the file. I've, I've pulled from it and had a bunch of things published from it. It's just, you know, I get an idea, don't have time to work on it, and it goes in the file. Uh, how close How close is um, the story that we're getting, how close is that to the original idea that you had a couple years back? Have you kind of retuned it around, or is it pretty close to what you originally had? It's pretty close to what I had. The only difference is that as I get into this world, I'm thinking of more and more things that you have to think about, because it's not just, oh, because you say this to somebody, and the first thing they say is, well, he's just going to run around and start touching everybody. And I immediately put in a reason why he can't quite do that as soon as I can in the story. But as you get more and more into it, you realize that there's so many other reasons that some people, you know, should you bring everybody back? What if they're, you know, all these different reasons why you might not want to unfreeze somebody. You know, and if, you, and if you're, I mean, it would be humanly impossible for him to go and unfreeze the entire populace of the planet. Yeah. I think something important so, to note, because I don't know if we did say this, is that Ray, who who is not frozen, when he touches someone, like skin-to-skin contact, it unfreezes them. So that kind of becomes the the moral center of the story is, do you unfreeze everyone, or who do you leave frozen, or, or how do you make those decisions? I don't know if we mentioned that we quite. Might have I glossed over it. kind of glossed over okay. yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought I'd throw yeah, that I, out I, there. I kind of missed that part, yeah. <laughs> what a burden, too, you know what I mean? Like, what a... Yeah, because he's the only on one. It's like, shoulders, yeah. He's the only one. Like you can't, he can't just touch someone and then they go touch someone and so on and so forth. No, no. I had somebody ask me this week, and I was at the LA Comic Con, and somebody was looking at the, the preview book, and he's like, "Well, what if he touches somebody at work?" And I'm like, "Really? <laughs> Are you sure?" <laughs> It's, yeah, it's it's a really yeah. interesting concept. Yeah, and it's a lot of fun to write because it's you, you get a play with the, the moral aspect of it, and Definitely. just well, if if you rebuild it, it's kind of a post-apocalyptic story without the the, the, the reason for the apocalypse. I mean, most of the times you've got zombies or you've got a nuclear war or something like that. So you've got the radiation fallout. And here what you've got is just this big mystery, but you've also got this need to rebuild society to create a world that you guys can, you could inhabit and survive in. And how much of the time are you going to spend bringing back the creature comforts that we have right now, like cell phones and vehicles and stuff like that, or how much of it is that you're just going to go to the bare minimum? Definitely. And Phil, how do you kind of get involved? I guess does Dan reach out to you, or did did you guys know each other already? Or you know, Dan and Dan and I 
like I didn't know Dan. I knew who he was. Okay. Um, I Top Cow uh, had reached out to me, the the uh, editor in charge there, um, and she said, you know, we're we're developing this new series with Dan Wickline. Um, here's the basic concept. Uh, I showed Dan your stuff, and he likes it. Do you want to draw it? Uh, and I, of course, I jumped at that. Any opportunity to work with my Top Cow family, um, I go for. And the 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 idea was really cool. And then I, I hit up Dan right then, and I think. Ooh, I'm trying to think. Elena at Top Cow had reached out to me like the day after Dan had pitched the idea to Matt Hawkins. Um, it was like one of those Matt asked, like, what ideas do you got? And within a day or two, they were reaching out to us, uh, to me as an artist. So then I reached out to Dan and Dan's like, uh, I was like, oh, do you have the script ready? And Dan's like, I just pitched this idea to Matt like two days ago. So I don't have the script quite ready yet. <laughs> also, it was um, very early on. Then. It was very early on. So, you know, Dan was really cool enough to bring me in early to help kind of develop some of the visual aspects of the story, specifically the character designs, because it's very a character driven story. Um, uh, when I describe it to people, I, I say it's like a survival, like a character driven survival thriller. Um, because you know the cast of the characters is what drives the story, so we got to work together uh, very early on, and he gave me a lot of great references and ideas for each character and kind of visual look, and and we were able to kind of take those ideas and, and build out our cast of characters, which is getting very very big. I'm in the third issue now, and I've we've I've probably individually designed like. 10 or 15 specific characters and then I've drawn hundreds if not thousands of wow. people by this Which point. Which is a lot. Wow. For, that's a lot for a four issue book. Yeah. we have, a, we, the, And I'm sure it, when I get the script for issue four there will be a couple more characters. Dan has a really nice way of starting to weave this, this kind of plethora of of characters into the story one at a time instead of fire hosing everything in the first issue. So it's building this mythology over time as the series goes on. That sounds like a, a jab, Dan. No more new characters. <laughs> <Phil> <laughs> says. Oh, no, no. I, I, I already know exactly the things that uh, Phil doesn't want in the story. <laughs> like, any more grocery stores. Um, and, and I have threatened to uh, put a scene in Dodger Stadium. Yeah. During a crowded day, so oh, Dan, Dan really wants me to draw like fifty thousand frozen Dodgers fans. <laughs> oh wow! Yeah. I, I just love the idea of Ray having to run through a crowd of people, trying not to touch them while he's trying to chase somebody. Oh, okay, yeah that 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 could work. That's I mean that sounds That's, visually that interesting sounds really too. Hard. Yeah, Tyler, you can come over to my house and help me draw 50,000 people. <laughs> you know, I, pro- I promise you don't want me over there. Trying, You'll get you know. a Tom King version. Yeah. yeah. I'll get a lot of stick figures. I'll be happy, I'll be happy to come and help you ink it. I promise. I, I'd, I'd be happy to. <laughs> no, it is actually a really cool idea. So I'm like, I know when it happens, I'm going to have to draw it because I'm like, all right, this idea is too cool not to not draw it. So. It's worth, yeah, it'll be worth it. Definitely. So you really liked the concept from the beginning then when you first kind of heard what it was going to be. Yeah, very much so. I mean, it was really cool. And one of the one of the fun things about it is I just I I told uh, Top Cow I was like I can do pencils, inks, and colors. I hadn't colored a book before other than my one shot paradox. Um, and and Top Cow was like, sure, cool. Um, They're always like really supportive and nurturing and kind of allowing me to hang myself with as much rope as I can as I can manage. So I got to I've been doing full art on the series, um, which is really fun. And and the first issue took a lot longer than I thought it would because I was still figuring out my process. And now that Mm -hmm. I'm in issue three, I feel like I've hit a little bit better. Yeah, flow and a groove and I feel more comfortable with what I'm doing. But it was it was 
yeah, designing new characters and new worlds and new ideas and getting new techniques and and processes and and it was a it was it was a lot of uh, a lot of growth up front. But hopefully, people uh, like the work that we put into it. I like it. Yeah, I, <laughs> um, I mean, yeah. Just judging off the first issue, I I, I like it quite a bit myself. <laughs> I was say I was I was pretty impressed by it. Um, how does kind of the collaboration go, Dan, between you and Phil? Like, is it uh, do you do you give Phil full scripts, or do you guys kind of you know does Phil kind of design page layouts himself, or do you kind of is it more a tight knit kind of a this is what I'm looking for? Uh, I do I do full scripts, but I've been I've always ever once tried to do a, uh, a plot only thing, and that was uh, years ago with Ben Templesmith, and he ended up coming back to me going, "Hey, can you go ahead and do full script?" So <laughs> I've never I've never really done a plot only um, book. Uh, what I do is that I'll sit down and uh, my my process is very straightforward. I I plot it out over twenty two for twenty pages because that's what Top Cow does and um, break it down. And then as I start writing it, as I introduce new characters, I put a description in the front of the script so that the first thing Phil sees when he gets the script is, okay, these are the new characters that, that matter. So if, if the character isn't in the book or isn't in the front, then he knows it's up to him. He can do whatever he wants with the character. But if it's somebody you know that, I, that, I, that I'm going to have around for a while, then what I'll do is, I'll do. I'll put in the very front of the script that character, a description of them, including some of their motivation, because Phil does a, very, a lot of uh, facial expression and stuff like that. So if he knows their motivation, he's going to get a better idea of what to make them look like and how you know facial expressions and stuff. And but I also do a faux casting, and I'll I'll pick an actor or someone famous that gives him an idea of how I picture the person. And then just as a guideline, you don't have to make him look just like that, but in that vein. And that's worked really well over the three issues we've got done so far. So, but yeah, I mean, we don't do a lot of collaborating on the story just because I'm working through stuff that I've had for a while, but I am taking his feedback in it as well. So like, you know, please no more grocery trials, <laughs> you know, that type of thing. And, and, and then, um, and the covers, oh my God, have you, I mean, have you seen the covers on these different issues? Phil is just nailing it. I think and I've seen the first comes two. With these ideas. Yeah. Uh, two and three, they'll all look amazing. So, so and, uh, those are pure Phil's ideas. Yeah, no. And it's really fun. in in that, I've worked with a bunch of different writers and I've enjoyed all the writers I've worked with, but everyone has a little bit of a different writing style. And sometimes it takes me a while to see what it is kind of the writer is writing. I can Mm -hmm. see the words, but my job as an artist is to try and visualize what they see when they are writing it so I can try and execute that. But Dan scripts right away, I could see really easily in my head. Um, and, and like I'd mentioned with doing the colors, I, Dan's very open to let me kind of adjust layouts and things as I go along. If I have a visual way of maybe representing an idea, I think the example where again, I, I got, I got myself in pretty, pretty deep, but the first issue, um, almost the whole thing is done in nine panel grids, which um, I love. I'm a huge fan. Yeah. That, so. And I'm a huge fan of nine panel grids as well. I but love it, that they're coming back. Like you're starting to see those more and more. And it just, it makes me, makes me warm inside. Um, the original script wasn't written with nine panel grids on every single page, but Dan had 
mentioned very early on that the um, appearance of clocks and timing was really important. So I came up with that idea, like, what if we we did nine panel grids on every page except for one or two really big moments? Mm -hmm. um, because it has a really nice kind of asymmetrical, like almost musical pacing to it. Um, and, and Dan and, and Elena and Matt were, were supportive. They were like, all right, let's see how it looks. Um, so uh, then we got to, then I just was, took the script that he had and, and broke it down a little bit further so I could focus on little beats and moments and, and focusing on clocks and, and other things like that. So you could see the passage of time. Um, and I ended up really, I think everyone ended up kind of, uh, thumbs up on the issue about 15 pages in, I was realizing I was, I had like nine panels on a page and five people in every panel talking. <laughs> um, and I was like, oh yeah, this was, it's I made this so much more harder than Dan than Dan had written it. Um, but I was pleased with the result in the end. Another reason why the first issue took me uh, months longer than it usually does. But I was like, we're going to put this. I felt it, it kind of um, added something to that first issue. And as we get into the, the issues going forward, there's not the same nine panel rigidity. Mm -hmm. um, but there's there's changes in the story and, and, and time that kind of like I feel was a natural break and a logical change up to, okay. uh, to, to be a little less structured. And I think it flows just fine after that. So that it's, was going to be my next question is, yeah. does that style kind of carry over from issue to issue? But yeah, no, um, the, the nine panel is very much for the first issue and you'll kind of see as you get into issue two and going forward, um, things aren't as, as decompressed as the first issue, which is very important as we follow Ray's uh, essentially day when the event happens. Like it, there's a lot of important stuff that happens. And as we get going into the next issues, things move at a regular, kind of like a regular pace where it'll be another day or we'll cut to six hours later or things like that, where okay. there, there's not the need to be as, as measured and as, as, as precise as maybe the first issue was. Cause um, I wanted it to feel very close. I wanted the first issue to feel very, if, if this is, yeah, I, I just, that, that sense, of, this isn't the life where he wanted, but it's the life he has, and he's kind of stuck in it, and it's just suddenly this big change, so you get that until there's a big splash page, and that's when everything changes. Yeah, definitely. So, I, I, yeah, I definitely wanted and loved the idea of the nine-panel grid, and yeah. the most I've ever, you know, I didn't write the... But I did do a twenty-seven page, uh, twenty-seven panel grid once on a book. So Phil should feel lucky. Oh wow, I do. I do. <laughs> the nine panel grid. I don't think it's ever a bad idea because it just it, it looks so good. I just I I love that format. I love that style. But uh, my my next question was going to be. Um, I got the sense from the first issue. It it feels very big. You know, what I mean, it feels very grand scale. It's a big story. Is it is it hard to tell a story that big in four issues? Is that you know what was that a decision by you to have it only be four issues, or you know did you kind of want to keep it shorter and make it tighter, or where does that decision come from to have it be just four issues? Um, it's the the nature of the industry is uh, the four issues, and it, it depending on the reaction, it will be more than four issues. So the, oh. it's four it's a four issue planned arc. And if it, uh, you know, if the sales are there, we'll keep it going. So we won't learn everything in the first, uh, issue for the first arc, but we'll get a good feel of this world and, you know, build it from there. So with, with most of the stuff nowadays from anybody, you know, from anybody from Image or Top Cow, you start off with those first four issues to build it and you grow from there. And that's just, 
the approach we're taking is, you know, we're going to, we're going to put in a, fi a finite story within those four issues, but the overall world is still building. So it really just goes to show like how important it is for books like this. They need the support. You know what I mean? Like everybody out there, you guys need to go and support this book and other books like this because, you know, you do, you start small, but this, you know, would love to see this thing grow and expand into something bigger. I love the idea of doing four issues with the door open to do more. So, yeah, and I think it's important to note just for, for people out there who want to get the book, the, um, so your comic book store can order book, has to order books in advance so that they know how many to print. Uh, and they usually have kind of a cutoff date to when they can get their orders in. And that day that's called final order cutoff. So final order cutoff for freeze. Number one is November 12th. So you got about another week and a half right. for your store to be able to order the book so that if you walk in and want a copy on one release day, they make sure they have copies available or mm -hmm. it will sell out so this podcast is really well timed yes <laughs> yeah and just the other day um there was the announcement that uh image is doing a series of uh cover uh, alternate covers with the hero initiative and the freeze is the top cow uh book that's going to have the alternate cover so we have a, a another cover for issue number one that's being done by uh rafael lenko and it is a, a gorgeous cover. So if you want to get the book, but then you also want to help the Hero Initiative, so if you're looking for a second reason or another reason to pick up the book, there's the Hero Initiative version of the cover with some of the proceeds going to help that charity, which if you're not familiar with it, they help comic creators in need, whether it's medical need, older creators who need help paying the bills, stuff like that. So it's a great cause. and. We're honored to have a second cover and to have Raphael draw it is just amazing and it looks great. So if right you're on. looking for another reason, there you go. So what you're saying, so I just heard that I had to buy this book twice. Yeah, you have to buy two copies. <laughs> it's all right. It's yeah, okay. Raphael's cover is amazing. I saw it just a couple of days ago. Really? I'll retweet it. I tweeted it on my Twitter feed a couple of days ago, oh, but okay. I'll send it out again. I might have seen it. I'll have to go back and scroll. Yeah. Twitter's so hard, man. I miss so many things. <laughs> we'll retweet your retweet. Can't, yeah. can't keep up with. <laughs> so, yeah. I mean, yeah. Then everybody should go pick up two covers because you're going to want both covers and you're also going to like this book so much that you're going to want to be able to have one to give out to somebody like read this yes. <laughs> <laughs> indulge yourself um dan i'm gonna i'm gonna test your uh your your salesmanship here just a little bit from from the a reader's perspective and i'm gonna ask phil the same question afterwards but uh somebody going into your comic shop saying why why should i read this book what do you think this book brings to the table that's going to be worth somebody's you know 399 or whatever in uh in an age where there's so many books coming out every month people are you know kind of have to pick and choose what they pick up every every month or whatever so why why the freeze why do you think this book is is worth picking up well because it overall it's a mystery trying to figure out what the freeze was and how to undo it if it's undoable but you've also got the survival aspect of it where you're rebuilding society and what happens when you bring someone back. So there's a lot of different things going on in the story, a lot of moving pieces, and, but there's, so there's multiple mysteries weaving in and out of the, even the first arc and in the overall as well. So you've got the sci-fi aspect of it or maybe it's a religious aspect of it. 
who knows what the mystery is. But what the freeze is, but you've also got mysteries involving the people who get awakened, why they get awakened, and stuff like that. And there's so many other stories to tell within this universe that once you get into it, we can keep growing it more and more. In, in, a, in a sense, it's, it's The Walking Dead without the zombies. So if you don't like zombies, but you like The Walking Dead, this is the book for you. Uh-huh. Huh? Put, you, you guys, when the trade comes out, put that quote on the cover of it. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, I'm going to ask you the same question. Why Why should I pick up this book or anybody else? You know, I mean, I'm picking up the book, but imagine you don't know me. Why should I, why should I pick up the freeze on December 5th? I'm sure. Yeah. So when I when I interact with people at shows, um, I usually yeah, well, just my my quick sales pitch is that it's a post apocalyptic thriller without the apocalypse, or it's a it's a character driven survival thriller. And I, I think you know Dan's done a really good job of just creating this book that's that's strong character driven, um, and that's kind of what brings me into stories. It's very cinematic. It feels like a TV show. Um, it's it's very it's it's a book for um, uh, kind of a. a I don't want to say more mature crowd because it's not a mature rated book. Um, anyone of any age can read it uh, for the most part, um, but it's very much it's a mature style of storytelling. Um, uh, that's not to say if you love superheroes, you won't love this book. But if you're if you're going into the store and want something a little bit different than than your standard big two fare, um, I think the, the 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 freeze is definitely something for you. Awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I mean, it's maybe uh, mature thematically mm-hmm. in a sense of where the stakes are and yep. what the obstacles are just from that first issue tonally maybe a little bit mature but yeah i mean yeah. it's definitely not anything that like you know don't show this to your kids <laughs> um yeah um i think you know one of the things i really liked early on in the development process is dan and i were talking about characters and this was even before um dan was giving me suggestions from actors we were just talking about this cast and and we both, you know, this had came to the agreement, like, you know, this story initially takes place in L.A. and Southern California, um, which is a very um, diverse um, uh, kind of uh, city like there's yeah. lots of different ethnicities and people and types and dan's done a really good job and with each new character um to making sure that our cast as you know as, as has everyone from different walks of life and backgrounds representation um, because is representation important. yeah because yeah. that's what you would find in la it feels very true to life and as i'm drawing all these locations i'm doing as much photo reference as i can to make sure like you know the huntington library in san marino california looks like the huntington library or okay. this building in down downtown LA looks like this building I'm living on Google image and Google maps and <laughs> and the everything the internet we have today right? exactly yeah there's been a couple times like I've, I've even kicked around the idea of driving down to LA just oh, to man. take a bunch of photo and Dan's Dan's uh, been very good to be like if there's anything you need to um, you know photo ref wise have him drive around with yeah. the camera man yeah. <laughs> I haven't had to yet but uh, you know if we if we get into Dodger Stadium I'm gonna make Dan go to a game and just take 7,000 pictures of people so <laughs> <laughs> and and Dan is that is that the reason for it being in the location that it is is just is that you know an area that's i mean obviously you you live down there but i mean is that an area that's kind of personal to you in a sense or um i guess why why uh, southern california for the for the location of the book um i i always use as much realism as possible when i do a story especially in something with this fanatic fantasy of an element as the freeze part of it is so the more i can ground it in realism so in this case i went la 
Um, I don't necessarily pick the city I'm living in. I do, I've done New York. I've done Chicago. I just wrote a novel about the city of Blythe, which is on the border of LA, of uh, California and Arizona. But when I do that, I'll sit there and I'll pull up the maps and I'll look at all the buildings and I'll figure that all out. I do all the research so that if anybody's driving through that town, they're going to see the places I'm talking about. Awesome. So, so my thing is to narrow, narrow down as much of the realism as possible, or nail down as much of the realism as possible. So if everything else seems real, the fantastical aspects of it become believable. I guess uh, there, there's something to be said about like just, I mean, do what you know, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, I, it, it definitely comes off as you know, more true. It's definitely more grounded in reality of, of the world that you live in, you know, definitely. So, um, say it's hard to get into too much about a book that's not out yet because I, you know, we don't want (laughs) to spoil anything more. Um, Mary, I don't know if you just want to talk a little bit about our thoughts as, you know, people outside of the, the creation of the book, what we kind of thought about it without, you know, giving too much away. What did you, what were your takeaways from it? Um, my takeaway from it is that I, I just really liked it because it's just that it was just different. Like the people are frozen, not the world is frozen. I really liked when you saw this guy, he was drinking something and it was still like pouring down his face. I just thought that was hilarious. And it's just so interesting. I never heard of that before. So Yeah, well, there's a lot of those situations. Some of the big ones Dan had, had written out in the script, but there was other things I would just have to think through to be like, all right. Like what's okay if people aren't can't move, but everything else is moving. Like how do like I've driven I've drawn more cars and traffic jams uh, than I ever thought I would because if people are driving in a car and you suddenly you can't move, but everything else is the cars are just going to smash into each other and all yeah. sorts of things. So yeah, there's there's lots of things like I've had to think through. Like all right, what would be the reaction and the the follow through if 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 people stopped moving but all the motion around them was still going on and things like that yeah is that hard to like not make all the cars look the same when you have to draw you know what i mean multiple <laughs> um i i thankfully i use a three i use a 3d modeling program called sketchup okay um and i've created a couple models that are like traffic jam models to where i have like four or five different types of cars and so i just duplicated the them and crashed them or photo reference and and but yeah i have to i have to constantly be thinking through like if we're on a street scene where are the cars? Who's crashed into what? Like, what are the bodies doing? Are there people who've been hit or run over? Are there people who are just standing on the side of the road and and things like that? Yeah, there's been a lot more thought process that goes into that than drawing something like, you know, Lara Croft fighting a bunch of like tomb raiding bad guys or something. Like, there's that, but it's it's all very apparent. There's a lot of of subtleties in the setup of this world that you have to to think through that Dan's doing as a writer and then lots of little background things as an artist I'm having to consider to make sure it's consistent and hopefully it uh, it, it pulls it off the whole time. <laughs> yeah, because I was thinking about what you said earlier about like LA being a very, you know, diverse area and stuff. So that even obviously makes it more, I guess, visually interesting to you as the artist because yeah. you get to draw different types of people instead of, you know what I mean, drawing 
more or less the same person or different versions of that same person. For sure. Yeah. I mean, I just didn't want, you know, I, I didn't want everyone to be tall, skinny white guys, which is yeah, what I am, but I'm, there's only one of me. There's, there's a million different types of people. So we've done, we've been working to incorporate as much, you know, ethnic diversity. And then I'm, I'm playing with body types when I can. Um, not that, not that there's no reason not to, but I'm just trying to consciously be aware of, of how these different characters look and what they're all the different possibilities in this world. I'm glad you bring stuff like that up, though, because that's something that I don't think the fan thinks about. You know what I mean? I don't think that you realize that, you know, when you're creating this stuff, you and Dan both, you have to think about it. You have to put thought into every little thing like that to make it. You don't notice it so much when you're reading the book because it's you're just used to it being the thoughts being put into it. But if it wasn't there, you would notice, you know, you would notice if everybody looked the same. Yeah. So. Dan, is there any other uh kind of last last thoughts you want to leave everybody with just go buy the book or <laughs> um actually um i am thankful to uh to matt hawkins for getting this ball rolling and asking me to pitch something because i, I if uh, your readers haven't been following top cow over the last couple of years the company has changed so much where you think of top cow you think of witchblade in the darkness but Matt started this sci-fi trend with Think Tank and the Tithe and Postal that are, are comics that are really deep and really thought-provoking. And then he's picked up so many good writers and artists. Um, he brought in Brian Edward Hill and uh, Ryan Cady, who's doing Infinite Dark, and Zach Kaplan, who's doing um, Eclipse, which both Infinite Dark and Eclipse are amazing books if you haven't picked them up. So to be part of this with uh, the freeze is just so, so exciting to me because it's it's like we found this home for this project that has been in my file for so many years and it just it's it's so these guys have laid out such an amazing groundwork with their books that it just this one just fits in and you know so I'm excited about it and I'm hoping everybody will pick it up and will enjoy it. Just speaking to both of you guys, I can I can feel the effort that was put into it. You know, I, mean? I can feel the passion behind, you know, your words and just hearing Phil talk about, you know, breaking down the page and you can see that it's, you know, the time and effort you guys put into this. So I, I wish the book a lot of success as well. And Phil, is there anything else you kind of want to leave everybody with? Um, yeah, I mean, I think it was about a year ago is when Top Cow first called me about this project. So, oh, wow. uh, it, and it, so it took me three or four months to do the first issue. And then Tomb Raider slowed me a little bit on doing the second issue. It was, it was six or seven months completion. And um, now that I'm on the third issue, things are, are, are cranking and chugging along. I'm almost halfway through the third issue. But it's one of those like we've put a lot of time and effort into it to try and to, to make it something special. Because like like Matt, I mean, like uh, Dan mentioned, we're, we're among the ranks of some very um, kind of high end sci fi and, and drama books that Top Cow has been putting out. Postal is one of my favorite books in years and years and years and one of the best things the publisher's ever done. So coming off that and then books like, yeah, Port of Earth and Eclipse from Zach and Infinite Dark from Ryan, which just launched like a 
two or three weeks ago. Um, yeah, there's there's a really high bar that has been set. So we've been we've been putting a lot of work into it. And I'm really excited um, for the book to be out there and for people to be able to read it and to to see how big we can go with the world that you know that Dan's been creating and I've been designing and uh, and and hopefully people dig it and the the results are really well because there's Dan's got a lot of stories to tell in this world. Um, and I, I would want everyone to be able to read those as well as the initial one we're telling, which I think is pretty cool too. Definitely. And guys, like, I mean, four issues really isn't that much of a commitment. You know what I mean? <laughs> so like if, I mean, for if whatever reason, if you didn't dig it, I don't know why you wouldn't, but I mean, get, <laughs> get, give it the four issues and, and see where it goes. You know what I mean? F- finish yeah. this story, write it out and, and see how it goes. For sure. I mean, it's, it's a short commitment up front. I think the, the first issue is super cool. It's a really great uh, setting of the stage. And I know when Dan sent me the issue for the script for the second issue, there was multiple times where me reading it just kind of was like, okay, that's awesome. Like, that's fantastic. Um, just kind of really levels up the ideas and the stakes that we set forth in the first one. And then we're, we're into the, the last couple right now as we're, as we're, we're putting it together. But I think people will really dig it. I think it's a really cool book. Yeah. First issues are tough because it's like, you basically have to give me who are these characters? Why do I care about them? What's the situation? Why do I care about their situation? You know what I mean? And yeah. to to build a world that gives me enough to make me want to come back, but obviously doesn't make me feel like I've seen enough to not care. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I think it did a, does a really good job of kind of setting up what it is you guys are trying to do. And one of the cool things Top Cow did is they printed up a preview book for San Diego Comic-Con this year with the first half of the freeze on one side and the first half of Infinite Dark on the other side. Oh, okay. And then they released that digitally. I, I'd have to send you the link. I'll have to dig it up to where mm-hmm. it's at. So, I mean, if you are if you guys are listening and you are interested in checking out the book, they've released half of the first issue already. Okay. So you can, you can check it out, pull it up and read through just to kind of see what we're talking about and get the basics set up before we get into the back half of the issue. So it'll give you a really good idea. Top Cow's really great about previewing and giving away a lot of their content for free so you can see it and get a feel for it and then and then go to the store and, and pick up the rest of the book. So Which is great. Cool. So uh, December 5th is is when this thing's going to come out. I think you said the 12th of November is the, is the final cutoff. So, yeah, please go hit up your local comic, sto- comic shops and tell them you want this. Obviously, it'll be available Comixology if you prefer the the digital road. But mm-hmm. you know, try to try to go into your comic shop if you can. It's always you know a little bit better, especially if you're like me and you prefer the physical book in your hand. <laughs> but uh, Dan, before we let you get out of here, is there any uh, appearances or cons or anything you got coming up that you want to let people know about? Other projects? I know you're talking about the book you've been writing. Uh, yeah, I just uh, I've. The main thing I've got right now is also I do a series of um, of uh, novels, uh, it's a 1950s noir detective series set in New York where the supernatural exists. They're called the Lucius Frog Mysteries, and they're available on Amazon. There's three novels so far, Deadly Creatures, Malicious Intent, and um, Educated Corpses. So if you're looking for something that's kind of urban fantasy with a with a nice uh, old noir feel, check those out. And I probably won't be hitting another convention until after the first of the year. So uh, find me online, Dan Wickline, on just about every social media. Awesome. 
Uh, Phil, same. You got any kind of appearances coming up? And then obviously all your, where can people find you on the internet? Sure. Yeah. So this weekend in, uh, at the nerd store in West Valley city in, in Utah, there we're doing a, a local mini con, a bunch of local creators, um, guys like Doug Wagner, uh, me, uh, uh, Andy Sebastian and a handful of other people are getting together just for like a, like a, a day long mini show. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'll be there for that. Um, and yeah, like, like Dan, I don't think there's the next show I'm doing is Emerald city which is next spring so that gives me a couple months to hunker down and finish the freeze mm-hmm. uh, by the time the first issue drops i'll be working on issue four so awesome you guys won't have to worry about delays in that oh, series yeah <laughs> um yeah so that's and you can find me on twitter at philip cv and then instagram and facebook i'm philip cv comic art uh so yeah i'm around and, and always like to interact with people definitely yeah give these guys a follow check out their books um, if you if you do end up running into any of these guys at the cons, make sure you go to stop by, say hello, uh, pick up the freeze, man. I really I know uh, some of you guys hit us up on Twitter and everything, and you say, oh, you know, we bought this book because you talked about it. You know, I think Mary's sold the Ice Cream Man book to at least a few people. <laughs> yes. So um, if if our word means anything to anybody out there, you're gonna want to read this book. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Really excited to see where it goes from here. So. Um, with that being said, I think that's going to do it. Dan, thanks so much for uh, hanging out on the phone with us and chatting with us about the freeze. Appreciate you guys having me and uh, having Phil. And, uh, and I, I haven't had a chance to say this yet. Phil, thank you for all the amazing work you're doing on the book. Oh, thanks, man. Thanks for oh. giving me good stuff to draw. <laughs> <laughs> and Phil, thanks for coming down and hanging out with us here. And No problem. Trying to say, trying to put this book out there. And, you know, yeah. but books like this need to be you know, a little more push because they're not the books that are going to get the, the push as much as, you know, come read, you know, Wonder Woman or whatever. Yeah. Everyone's going to always talk about Batman, but Batman will always sell. It's exactly. So it's, it's it's important to us to, you know, when books like this come along and, you know, especially when we get to read it and go, this is really cool. People should get to know about this. It's important for us to get it out there because we want to share it with other people as well. So, um, yeah, I think just, yeah, thanks for coming and sharing some stories with us about it and getting us kind of the inside look of, how this was all put together and everything uh that about does it for us here guys uh make sure you follow us on social media as well we're fortress of comicitude everywhere um we'll be back doing another podcast with phil and then we're gonna have something else for you guys next week too so plenty of other stuff coming out for us um i would love uh either twitter instagram facebook whatever i would love to uh hear from you guys saying you know hey just told my comic shop to put me down for the freeze and just any and yeah tag dan tag phil you know let them know let them know that you heard it here let them know that you're down for this book give these guys the support that they they need it because they say it's 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 worth reading so (laughs) thanks all right well until next time i am tyler and i'm mary and we got dan on the phone and phil and we'll see you guys next time sounds good